and welcome to the Truly Twisted Minds podcast. My name is Amber. And I am Trish. We sincerely appreciate everyone who gives our show a listen. I sure hope that you are enjoying the episodes and will share us with anyone in your life that you feel would like our podcast as well. Please share. If you have any comments or suggestions for us about the episode or episodes you would like to see in the future, let us know on our social media accounts on Twitter or Instagram at Twisted Minds Pod, all lowercase, all one word. And just to let you know, this episode was actually suggested by our sister-in-law, Wendy. So, Wendy, shout out to you. Thanks, Wendy. She is an RN and had contributed some information to this week's podcast. So, again, shout out to Wendy. Thank you. And uh, we would actually like to dedicate this episode to the memory of Dee Dee Blanchard as we are covering the death of Dee Dee Blanchard. Despite the fact that it seems like her family is kind of salty towards her. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get into that. And this is kind of... Because at the same time, it's like I kind of don't want to... You know? She was obviously a... Mentally Disturbed woman. Yes. So, So, I mean, it would be horrible to... Say, you know, screw you. Yeah, exactly. So, which we're not saying that. So, no. um, Dedicating to the memory of Dee Dee Blanchard and her friends and family. And as we'll be discussing mental illness, because I believe she definitely suffered from Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Absolutely. (laughs) And there will be some graphic dialogue. So, listener beware. And you know, we usually cover, just cover the early life of the killer. But in this case, we're going to be covering uh, Dee Dee's early life as well. Which I'm sure helps, helps to paint the picture as to why she would have inflicted what she did upon her daughter. Mm-hmm. And then why Gypsy would in turn, I guess, retaliate? Or Maybe at not least retaliate, but... Yearn to be free? Yeah. And, I mean, for those that aren't aware of the uh, story of Gypsy Rose Blanchard, you're in for a wild ride. (laughs) Yeah. Strap in, get a snack and a drink, and give us a good listen. Yes. And with that, Trish is going to start us off today. Yep. So, Dee Dee Blanchard was born Claudine Petre? Petre? I don't know. It's southern, so. And... um, (laughs) Wow. I can't. Yeah. Sorry. In uh, Jack Bay, Louisiana, near the Gulf Coast in 1967. She grew up with her family in nearby Golden Meadow. Now, um, she was one of five children of Claude Anthony Petre Sr. and Emma Lois Gisclair. Now, her family had alluded um, to... Dee Dee, um, she was later called Dee Dee, so I'm just going to refer to her as Dee Dee, uh, stealing from the family. And it was suspected that she had actually killed her own mother by denying her food in 1997. Yeah, I remember that. Um, Like I said, her family did not have kind things to say in in regard to Dee Dee. Mm -hmm. Basically, when it came to her passing, nobody was sad. They were like, all right. They and flushed then, her ashes. They Well, they suggested they be flushed. I don't know if they actually got flushed. In the research that... And I read somewhere that they actually did flush it. 
but I again I don't know if that's yeah true. we don't know for sure or not but that's cold it was at the very least suggested it's like oof <laughs> they're like be gone trash there's no love lost there absolutely not and she had um actually worked as a certified nursing assistant so she had some knowledge in like medical terminology which is going to come into play a little bit later here yeah that's definitely a leg up on the uh medical industry Mm -hmm. it's a good start yeah as former cnas we can attest to this you learn you learn and take in quite a bit Mm -hmm. as even just as a nursing assistant exactly let alone any further education Mm -hmm. now um didi was 24 when she met uh, rod blanchard who was 17 at the time and then she soon got pregnant and so being from the south rod did the respectful thing and married her and gypsy rose was born in july of 1991 now they named her Gypsy Rose because Dee Dee had liked the name Gypsy, and Rod was a fan of Guns N' Roses. Awesome! <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. So soon after Gypsy was Sweet child of mine. sorry, <laughs> soon after Gypsy was born, the couple separated as Rod felt that he'd gotten married for the wrong reasons. Well, so I mean, fair enough. Yeah, and I mean. 17 year old making a bun in the oven that does not make love (laughs) yeah it's like we saw this documentary and he literally said he woke up at 18 and was like what am i doing yeah so uh didi then took gypsy who then soon began to have many medical issues quote unquote this poor child it was she was three months old three months old when didi told rod that gypsy had sleep apnea and she would constantly take Gypsy to the hospital. She was convinced that there was something always wrong with her. She, always, always. She told Rod that um, she had had an unspecified chromosomal disorder. <laughs> and then at some point, um, after all this, when Gypsy was a little bit older, she convinced Gypsy that she had muscular dystrophy and then made her use a walker. And now, Dee Dee had brought Gypsy to local hospitals over 100 times between the year 2005 and 2014. That is insane. I just cannot understand how nobody caught on to this. Well, that's not true. The one doctor kind of did. But at that point, she had seen so many medical professionals Mm -hmm. and had cowed so many of them. Into thinking that Gypsy had this or that or the other thing. Needed this treatment, that treatment, the other and thing. And she was so, like, I guess revered in, like, the Children's Miracle Network and, like, all that. And They didn't was... think that he would be, this doctor would be believed. And that, and I'll get into that a little bit later here, but my god. She had um, so many unnecessary operations from uh gastrointestinal uh operations feeding tube that yeah she had a feeding tube that she did not need in the, yeah she didn't require that at all 
eye operations and removal of her salivary glands. Which was just weird. To supposedly cease her drooling. But the drooling was caused by the medication that she was giving her for things that she didn't have. Yeah, because like, her mom, like, before the doctor's appointments, her mom would put, um, like, anis- not anesthetic, um, numbing stuff. Like, on like Orogel or something. On her tongue and mouth to, like, make it so she was drooling. Because she, uh, yeah, it was out of control. It's like, oh my god. Now, you remember how I said that Didi had worked for as a CNA. And she knew the medical terminology. She would purposefully use these big words to confuse Gypsy. And then further isolate her to make sure she didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And... She would basically be like, once she was old enough to speak, she was like, nope, you don't talk. I will t- I'll do the talking and you just mm-hmm. sit there and play with your doll or yep. whatever she had with and her. And she would constantly hold Gypsy's hand. And if Gypsy said or did something wrong, she'd squeeze it. Mm-hmm. And this was according to Gypsy. Yeah, she's, it was, she was like, it was basically like a cue for her to shut up. Mm-hmm. And she knew it, otherwise she'd get in trouble. Yep. And by getting in trouble... She would, I believe, get hit or slapped with, like, an open hand. Oh, she said something about being hit with coat hangers, too. Yep. And I I think I go over that a little bit later on here. So, um, according to Gypsy, when she was either eight or nine, she was riding on her grandfather's motorcycle, and they had a slight accident. She ended up getting some abrasions on her legs, and her mom made her use a wheelchair after that incident. Because she couldn't walk. It was, she was too tired, and blah, blah, blah. And Yeah. Oh, and it went along with Dee Dee's ruse. Of course. So, um, I... Gypsy often went with her mom to Special Olympics events. And in 2001, uh, when Dee Dee claimed that Gypsy was eight, she was actually 10 at the time, uh, she was named the honorary queen of the crew of Mid-City, a child-oriented parade held during Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Wow. That's kind of cool. And Gypsy seems... That is cool because, you know, at the time, Gypsy thought she was sick. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it was taken away from an actual sick child. Yeah. Or uh, someone with developmental disabilities or what have you. Exactly. Someone and who... So it's, it's, it's kind of cool, but it's sad at the same time that, it, you know, the experience was taken away from somebody that, you know, truly deserved it. Right. And, you know... In that instance, I say, you know, you can't fault Gypsy for that. No, absolutely because not. Because she had no she clue. She had no clue. At this she point was just in doing... her life, she had no idea what was going on. She was basically, you know, doing what her mom thought was best for her. Cowed by her mom. And as a kid, you're like, your parents are going to do what's best for you. So exactly. You know. You're going to do what they say. Yep. But the poor thing was misled. And yeah, I'm not faulting her at all. No. And uh-uh. maybe I was, maybe I spoke too soon because for what Gypsy went through, maybe it was like a small, like, prize in the midst of this torture she was involved in. Yeah. But and I digress. I'm just interjecting my thoughts as they come. Yeah. And, you know, this is 
what I would absolutely say absolute torture. Yeah, she was basically confined like it was almost like she was imprisoned in that home mm-hmm. in the guise of this these illnesses that she had no control over her body. She had mm-hmm. no control over the drugs she was given. Nope. And was just led to believe that she had to do these things because she was ill or she was an invalid and yeah mentally retarded as she would say mm-hmm. i hate that word by the way i know but that's yeah. that's how gypsy referred to it i know which i'm assuming is how Dee referred to it yeah it's not my favorite word either yeah um so gypsy seemed to have stopped going to school after about the second grade possibly even as early as kindergarten her mother had homeschooled her after that supposedly because her illnesses were so severe quote unquote Mm -hmm. and gypsy managed to learn to read on her own through the harry potter books wow and i hate to speak ill of the dead but Dee Dee didn't fare much better in the reading and spelling department (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there was a handwritten list that she had given her doctor of Gypsy's ailments, and a lot of them were misspelled. Yeah, for real. They showed this. They showed a copy of this list, and it was like, um, okay. Yeah. You she might not have been uh, reading, like, like writing and spelling smart, but she was manipulative manipulative enough to convince a horde full of doctors that her kid needed these surgeries i mean she can't be all that dumb true if you hear a crunching that's nala chewing on her bone that's her ball her ball she's sitting right next to me so if you hear that that's what that is so while gypsy's father rod had remarried um diddy had moved in with her father and stepmother. Now, they would later claim that Dee Dee, when preparing food for her stepmother, poisoned it with Roundup weed killer. Ugh. Leading to her own chronic illness during this period. Yeah, she was in bed for, what, nine months, they said? Yeah. And during that time, she was arrested for several minor offenses, including writing bad checks. Mm-hmm. It's like, why? <laughs> I don't get it. But I suppose I guess Dee Dee we... wanted what Dee Dee wanted, and she was going to get it, whether it was by uh, honest or dishonest means. I guess so. And when the Petres uh, began to regularly confront her about her treatment of Gypsy and express suspicion about her role in her stepmother's health, she left with Gypsy for Slidell, Louisiana. Of course, she did. And once she left, her stepmother's health returned to normal. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, that's not suspicious at all. Not at all. So while in Slidell, she and Gypsy lived in public housing. They paid their bills with Rod's child support payments and public public assistance. Um, Dee Dee had been granted due to her daughter's supposed medical conditions like disability essentially yeah uh they spent much of their time visiting various specialists mostly at tulane medical center and children's hospital of new orleans seeking treatment of the illnesses 
that Didi claimed Gypsy suffered from. Yeah, that she made up. Yep. Which she now said included hearing and vision problems. And mm. while a muscle biopsy found no sign of the muscular dystrophy Dee Dee insisted Gypsy had, she was successful in securing treatment for her daughter's other uh, reported issues. She didn't have muscular dystrophy. Everybody put on your shocked faces. <gasps> right. Wait, never mind. Not this, true. This one actually made me mad. After she told doctors that Gypsy had had seizures every few months, few months, not weeks, not days, months, they prescribed anti-seizure medication. Okay. On a mother's word. Yeah, they, they didn't actual, do any testing or no anything. No testing. Nuh-uh. It's oh, ridiculous. She's, ha she's having seizures? Oh, okay. We'll put her on this. Yeah. Um. What kind of doctor are you that you're not going to perform tests? Right? Ugh. I... And but you got to remember, this woman... Um, very manipulative. Very manipulative yes. and very good at saying, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. She has this with the proper terminology and proper mm -hmm. explanations. And the doctors are like impressed with her knowledge. And they're like, oh, okay, well, we'll treat it like this. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Like <sighs> freaking too every few months or whatever Ugh, whatever and you know seizure medication is pretty heavy duty. heavy duty because uh. it messes with the stuff like the firing of things in your brain and whatnot exactly so i mean i it's no wonder gypsy like did what she did well, she was you gotta figure she wasn't just on stuff for seizures she was on stuff for supposedly having cancer and mm -hmm. supposedly having muscular dystrophy and, and supposedly having gastrointestinal problems yeah this and that and the other thing she had xanax and pain pills and yada da yada da yada da yeah and a lot of these medications their side effects would mimic all of these diseases that yep. uh, Dee Dee claimed she had. Yep. So the poor girl, poor Gypsy, couldn't win because Dee Dee had everyone fooled. And by gaining access to the medications that she did, that just helped prove her point, quote unquote. Yeah. <sighs> and... You know, Dee Dee, of course, regularly took Gypsy to the emergency room for just minor ailments. But of course. Yeah. And then once uh, Hurricane Katrina hit uh, the area in August of 2005, Dee Dee and Gypsy left their ruined apartment for shelter in Covington, set up for individuals with special needs. Um, she said that... Gypsy's uh, medical records, including her birth certificate, had been, uh, quote-unquote, destroyed in the flooding. A doctor there from the Ozarks suggested that they relocate to her native Missouri. And the next month, they were airlifted there. <laughs> wow. Royal treatment. Right? 
Now, at first, Dee Dee and Gypsy lived in a rented home in Aurora, Missouri, in the southwestern area of the state. During their time there, Gypsy was honored by the Olay Foundation, which advocates for the rights of feeding tube recipients as its uh, 2007 Child of the Year. Aww. In 2008, Habitat for Humanity built them a small home with a wheelchair ramp and hot tub as part of a larger project on the north side of Springfield and to the east, and they moved there. So the story of a single mother with a severely disabled daughter forced to flee Katrina's devastation received considerable local media attention. Of course. And the community often pitched in to help the woman who now went by Claudinia Blanchard. With an E. Yeah. Blanchard. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how they pronounced it, but yeah. Blanchard. <laughs> you heard how they pronounced it on that one uh, documentary. Oh, God. Like the public, like the Blanchard. public officials. Blanchard. Yeah, it was like, okay. So, yeah, they had their shiny new home and new friends mm -hmm. and a community that was catering to them. And yep. Didn't they have like a bunch of make a wish trips and everything? I too? was just getting to that, actually. So the outpouring of support included many charitable contributions in Louisiana. The mother and daughter had um, at most availed themselves of occasional stays in Ronald McDonald houses during medical appointments in Missouri, they received free flights to see doctors at Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City, free trips to Disney World, and backstage passes to Miranda Lambert concerts. Wow. Where she was frequently photographed with the singer. So I guess like more than once or something. Well, it sounds like they got a lot of perks out of about out of it. Yeah. Uh, and that was via the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Now, Rod Blanchard was also continuing to make monthly child support payments of $1,200, as well as sending Gypsy gifts and occasionally talking to her on the phone. And during one call on her 18th birthday, he recalls Dee Dee telling him not to mention her daughter's real age since she, quote-unquote, thinks she's 14. Right. It's like, that is so, like, odd. What, what the hell, lady? Why would you do that? Because she wanted to keep up the ruse of mm -hmm. her being younger than 18 years old. Yeah. Because she would change the, her birth year from 91 to 93 to yeah. 95. Yep. Yada da yada da. And convince people that Gypsy was younger than she was. Mm-hmm. And Rod and his second wife would uh, regularly, who had regularly hoped to get to Springfield to visit, uh, but for a variety of reasons, Dee Dee would change the plans. She told her neighbors in Springfield that Gypsy Rose's father was an abusive drug addict and alcoholic who never came to terms with his daughter's health issues and never sent them any money. Of course not. Why would she admit to receiving any money? Because then they wouldn't feel sorry for her. Yeah. Heaven forbid. Right. And many people who met Gypsy were charmed by her. Her five-foot height, nearly toothless mouth, large glasses, and high childlike voice. 
which I thought was really weird, but I'm wondering if Dee Dee like made, made her, her talk like that. Yeah. Thank you, Nala. Reinforced the perception that she had all of the problems that her mom said that she did. And then she would often wear, you know, wigs and hats to cover her baldness since her mother uh, regularly shaved Gypsy's head to mimic the hairless appearance of a chemotherapy patient, allegedly telling Gypsy that since her medication would eventually cause her hair to fall out, it'd be best to just shave it. Yeah, let's just keep it neat. It's like... (laughs) Then when they left the house, uh, Didi often took an oxygen tank and feeding tube with them. Gypsy was fed the children's liquid nutrition supplement Pediasure well into her 20s. Good grief. And, you know, like we said before, the medications that Gypsy was being given mimicked the symptoms of these illnesses. So it's just... Yeah. At one point, Gypsy had been given Tegretol and her teeth were falling out. Oof. Good grief. And, yeah, so... um, I mean, I guess when they were speaking about the amount of medications this poor girl was on, it was pages and pages and pages of different medications that they were... that she was essentially being forced to take for Mm -hmm. ailments that didn't exist. Yeah. She At least had, in her body. She had tubes that were implanted in her ears to control her myriad of purported ear infections. Um, you know, head was shaved, which I said. The so, fading tube. Yeah. And uh, Bernardo Flasterstein, he was a pediatric neurologist. He was the one that kind of... Questioned everything. Questioned everything, but um, was basically told that, you know hey, these guys are, you know, handle them with kit gloves. No one's going to believe you. And um, he suspected the possibility of Munchausen syndrome by proxy. It was literally in his paperwork. Yep. He literally listed it in his documentation. Yep. And then um, when Dee Dee wanted to gain access to his notes and he denied it, she stopped taking gypsy to see him and then he didn't follow up with the report or anything which i think is bullshit because isn't he not a mandatory reporter he is a mandatory reporter so however with colleagues saying hey you know this isn't gonna fly i suppose why would he bother although he should have bothered let's he, let's make that yeah vitally clear he should have really bothered. should have bothered and in 2009, an anonymous caller told the police about Dee Dee's use of different names and birth dates for herself and her daughter and suggested that Gypsy was um, in better health than cl- they claimed. Mm-hmm. And officers who performed the wellness check, uh, Dee Dee had kind of slicked him over and said that it would make it harder for her abusive ex-husband to find them. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. It would put them in danger. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Very much so. Good grief. This lady was a piece of work. She really, really was. And so it's getting to be, you know, Gypsy's getting a little bit older. She goes to this uh, science fiction convention 
and meets this guy and convinces this guy to like take her away from her mom. Mm -hmm. But um, of course, her mom finds her like right away, smashes B, smashes her laptop, phone, and says that she if she uh, tries to run away again, she's gonna smash her fingers with a hammer. With a hammer. And it's like, oh my god. And that if she tries to leave, she's gonna get she had filed paperwork saying that Gypsy was mentally incompetent, so the police would not believe her. Yeah, so she would con- maintain control over this poor child's life. Mm-hmm. Because she only had the mental capacity of a seven-year-old, remember? That's true. Quote, unquote. Which is ridiculous. Right? And then I know that Gypsy, as she's becoming privy to things like, hey, she's lied about my age. She must be lying about this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's getting very... uh very much ready to be out of her mother's fingers, like her under out from under her control. Yep, which we will talk about right after our break. We will be back with you soon. Stay tuned. Hi, and welcome back to the Truly Twisted Minds podcast. I'm Amber. And I'm Trish. And we're going to continue on with our coverage of the case of Gypsy Rose Blanchard and her mother, Dee Dee, and her murder. And Trish is going to continue where she left off. Yep. So sometime around 2012, uh, Gypsy, who continued to use the internet after her mother had gone to bed, after taking, like, a lot of, like, sleeping pills, I believe. Yeah, she she did take She would be, like, knocked the F out. So, um... She did make contact online with um, a guy named Nicholas Godajohn, a man around her age from Big Bend, Wisconsin. Um, she said that they had met on a Christian singles group, so I'm thinking like, what, christianmingle.com or something. Maybe. It was one of those like free dating sites. Yeah. And Godajohn had some issues of his own. He had a criminal record for indecent exposure and a history of mental illness, sometimes reported as dissociative identity disorder. Mm-hmm. And he also had Asperger syndrome, which is a type of autism. And his mom claimed that he had a mentality of a 15-year-old and could easily be manipulated. Right. Now, it's possi- is it possible that Gypsy used the same manipulation tools um that she learned from her mom on nicholas absolutely it's possible it it's is. entirely probable even mm-hmm. because uh that's all she knew exactly and you know while we obviously don't condone what gypsy did we definitely can sympathize with her plight absolutely i mean this girl from practically from birth was abused essentially and mm-hmm. locked in her own little world and made to feel small and younger than she was and yeah it's just i can't even imagine living like that it's crazy it really is in uh 2014 gypsy confided to Aaliyah woodman woodmancy a 23-year-old neighbor who, um, unaware that Gypsy was close to her own age, uh, considered herself a quote-unquote big sister, 
that she and Godajan had discussed eloping and even um, choosing names for potential children. Oh, lordy. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they started to talk, talk like that really quick, too. Very, very quickly. And Gypsy, who had five separate Facebook accounts, and Godajan had flirted online. Their exchanges sometimes using uh, BDSM elements. Which she would later say in an interview was all him. Yeah. Like, that she wasn't necessarily comfortable with it, but she wanted to make him happy. Yeah. And then uh, Woodmancy tried to talk her out of it, um, still thinking that Gypsy was too young and possibly being taken advantage of by an online um, predator. She considered Gypsy's plans just, quote-unquote, fantasies and dreams, and nothing like this would ever really take place. Oh, if she only knew. Yeah. And despite Dee Dee's efforts to prevent her from using the internet, which went as far as destroying her daughter's phone and laptop, Gypsy maintained contact with Godajan, who saved printouts of her posts until 2014. And the next year, Gypsy had arranged and paid for Godajan to meet her mother in Springfield. Her plan was for him to just bump into her while she and Dee Dee were at a movie t- theater. Uh, both in costume, and apparently strike up a relationship that way. Then for her to introduce him to her mother. This did not go over well. However, as Dee Dee immediately didn't want Gypsy to have anything to do with him. Because she thought he was creepy, because he was in a a, a Disney movie, like a little girl's movie, and he was like the only... Like, he didn't have a sibling or anything with him. He was just by himself. Yeah. It's like, okay. And as soon as they met in person for the first time. Uh, Go to John said that Gypsy led him to the bathroom where the two had sex. Yay. And it's like, oh my god, well your mom's like in the theater? In the bathroom. In the men's bathroom. Uh, yeah, no. Gross. But hey. Can't knock them, I guess. So the two continued their internet interactions and began developing their plan to kill Dee Dee. To which Amber will tell us about. Yeah. So, like uh, Trisha stated, Gypsy and Nick go to John would converse over like text and internet messengers and things like that. And essentially, Gypsy would allude to needing someone to rescue her she kind of would say later that she saw her confinement that that by her mother as having parallels to like the movie tangled with Mm -hmm. which was rapunzel's story right and essentially like her being locked in a tower and eventually having to fight her way out and whatnot yep so um, mom was no mother gothel i mean yeah it's like she was but she wasn't it's like she was her actual mother but yeah still still yeah i know (laughs) so uh they had began like it kind of started as a joke them saying you know hey you know maybe we should kill her or whatever right you know but after uh everything was now being thwarted by Dee and there are more arguments and Gypsy was finding out that she had been being lied to all along. They decided yeah. to take it seriously. So about in about May of 2015, 
they really began planning in earnest, discussing how they would take out Dee Dee. Mm-hmm. And they would refer to their plot as Plan B. While they were talking, they would actually say that they had alter egos. And Nick referred to his alter ego as his evil side. And Gypsy would refer to hers as Ruby, quote unquote. Gotcha. And Nick would say that his evil side enjoys killing and blah, blah, blah. And, but he himself wasn't like that. It was just his evil side. Yeah. Didn't Nick also say that he had like multiple personality disorder? Yes. And then Gypsy would go on to say that she made up other personalities, other personalities to, you know, make him happy or whatever. Or Count- be like him. Not counter effect, but like coincide with yes yes so some of those pictures of those personalities it's like whoa so like in between their texting uh plot nick would ask questions like whether dd was a light sleeper or if the bedroom floor squeaks or things like that just to get a feel for what was going to happen so it was a well and truly a thought out plan so the night would finally arrive nick would take a greyhound bus down to springfield mm-hmm. and on june 12th 2015 after Dee Dee had gone to sleep gypsy left the door unlocked for nick and provided him with rubber gloves duct tape and a knife he was then basically had told gypsy to go into the bathroom and not to interfere and stay there and she went she said that she went into the bathroom and sat down and like curled up in there and covered her ears so she was trying not to hear things even though she would still hear the cries of her mother and her mom pleading for her help before she was dead right wasn't there some talk about some other guy that was gonna do it yeah there had been mention of some other gentleman doing it but it was nick that did it yeah, because um, I know in the one interview that we saw, supposedly was, a friend of his he was supposed, supposed to, do to do it. it. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the gentleman's name, but he's yeah. not the one convicted of it, so I'm not too concerned about that. Okay. He stabs Dee Dee several times, and she passes away. Yep. And so he and Gypsy then make sure Gypsy's packed up everything she needs. They wipe down. The home so there's no fingerprints left behind and then they left and stayed at a day's inn which they made a nice little happy video at giggly happy video yeah not even 24 hours after the murder <laughs> shit how was it even two hours after the crime who knows right so then at some point they put the knife that was used in the murder in an envelope and mailed it to Nick's address. And then they both got onto a Greyhound bus and headed to Wisconsin to live with Nick's parents. And they were picked up from the bus station by Nick's mother, I believe. I think so, yeah. And then brought back to the house. And I just, I thought that was weird. It's like, okay, let's let this strange girl just move in with us. Well, I'm sure he'd been talking about her for a while. It wasn't like that was our first notion that she existed it was just literally their first meeting like hey i'm gonna bring my girlfriend home that okay like 
I guess. So after their arrival and getting settled in, it didn't take long for Gypsy to begin to worry about whether or not her mother's body would be found and whether it would lay there decaying in the home for God knows how long. So she decided that she would go on the joint Facebook account she and Dee Dee had and make a post to draw attention and whatnot. It was a very... Let's put it this way. She she posted, that bitch is dead. (laughs) And obviously that gained the attention of the family and friends being like, okay, did you get hacked or something? And then they... What is going on here? Then they'd follow it up with a comment that said i fucking slashed that fat pig and raped her sweet innocent daughter her scream was so fucking loud lol now mind you gypsy wrote that post herself and according to gypsy in an interview um later on that she would say she quote unquote couldn't stand the thought of her just laying there because what happens if it would take would have taken months to find her so i wanted her found so she could have a proper burial she hoped the post would cause concern among family and friends who would alert the police. Obviously, it did. So the family and friends that saw the post went to the house because they were worried about Dee Dee. But the police ended up going in, being brought in, and they went in and found her body. And, of course, after seeing the uh, posts on Facebook... They simply traced the IP address, and it was what led them to the go to John's house. And Gypsy and Nick were arrested and taken into custody, and they found the knife and and some other evidence. And after hours upon hours of interrogations, I know they said Gypsy's went at least 12 hours. Man. I don't remember how long they said Nick go to John's was. Yeah, but they both ultimately admitted the detail of the crime and what happened and what led them to do it. Although <clears throat> at first, Gypsy would Deny be a, be denying it, any involvement. Yeah, because she was afraid. What not? I didn't do it. I Which, didn't do it. Understandable. Yeah. So you know, at first the public is outraged like okay this girl isn't sick right and she and her boyfriend murdered the Didi, who was such a loyal caregiver and blah 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 well after the disclosure of how Didi had treated gypsy all of the years with the fake ailments and whatnot sympathy for her as the victim shifted to sympathy for gypsy as a long-term victim of child abuse right and so instead of going for first degree murder which can carry the death penalty under missouri law or life without parole county prosecutor dan patterson announced he would not seek it for either gypsy or go to john calling the case quote-unquote extraordinary and unusual I would definitely say that. After her attorney obtained her medical records from Louisiana, he secured a plea bargain to second-degree murder for Gypsy. Gypsy was so undernourished that during the year she was in county jail before her trial, Mm -hmm. she gained 14 pounds. 
because she was eating properly. Oh my god. And in in the most in that's completely different than most clients who would actually lose weight in jail. Wow. Because you know, jail food's crap, you know, you hear about that. Yeah. But no, she gained weight because she was so undernourished. Poor thing. So in July of 2015, she accepted the plea bargain agreement and was sentenced to 10 years in prison, of which she had to serve 85% of the sentence. Yep. And she is not eligible for parole until 2024, which, oddly enough, right around the corner. Right. So, um... And she'll be, you know, young enough that she can actually, you know, start her life. And hopefully have a better life than the first half Mm -hmm. so um as far as nick go to john is concerned he actually did end up facing a more severe charge because the prosecutors contended that he initiated the murder plot okay and since both he and Gypsy agreed that he was the one who killed Dee Dee. Uh, um, no. Gypsy's plea bargain agreement did not require her to testify against Nick. But in January... Oh, excuse me. Blah. Edit. Mm-hmm. In January of 2017, his trial was postponed when prosecutors, prosecutors requested a second psychiatric exam. His lawyers contend that he has an intelligence quotient of 82 and is on the autism spectrum, suggesting that he has diminished capacity. He had initially waived his right to a trial by jury, but changed his mind in June of that year. In December of 2017, the judge set the trial for November 2018. In the opening statement, the prosecutors alleged that Godajan had deliberated for over a year for the, before the crime Mm-hmm. While his lawyers pointed to his autism and said that Gypsy had formulated the crime and their love-struck client had just done as she asked. So then the next day, the prosecutors showed jurors the text messages, which were sometimes sexually explicit, that Gypsy and Nick had sh- shared the week before the murder. Right. Often using various personas as well as the knife which he had used to commit murder. In some of the texts, he asked her for details about Dee Dee's room and sleeping habits, as I mentioned earlier. Right. These are supplemented by video of his interview with police after his arrest, where he admitted to having killed her. Gypsy ended up testifying on the trial's third day. She said that while she had indeed suggested that he kill Dee Dee to end her mother's abuse, she had also considered getting pregnant by him in the hope that once she was carrying his child, Dee Dee would have to accept him. Somehow, I don't think that would have worked. So, along with the knife, which she eventually gave to Nick, she stole baby clothes from Walmart during a shopping trip so she could go ahead with either plan. However, she said Nick never told her what he thought about the pregnancy plan, and they proceeded with the other plot, the murder plot. Mm Mm-hmm. After four days, the case went to the jury. The jury had the option of finding Go to John not guilty or guilty of one of three murder charges involuntary manslaughter, second degree murder, or first degree murder. After two hours of deliberation, they returned with the verdict, and Nick was found guilty of first degree murder 
in armed criminal action. In February of 2019, he was sentenced to life in prison for the murder conviction, which was the only option because they had declined to seek the death penalty, as I mentioned earlier. Yep. And I guess uh, Nick had asked the judge for leniency on the armed criminal action charge saying he had fallen blindly in love with Gypsy and basically (laughs) the judge said and he (laughs) ended up receiving the full charge on that um, excuse me a 25 year sentence on that charge and it's running concurrent to the life sentence gotcha and now, remind me what's concurrent again. Side by side. Thank you. Instead of like consecutive, which is one after the other. Okay. Concurrent is side by side. Okay. So they also um, tried to also tried to do a motion for a new trial because uh, they argued that the jury should not have been allowed to hear that. Go to John had considered raping Dee Dee on the night of the murder, and he also argued that the state psychologist should not have been allowed to testify while Go to John's psychologist should have to establish that he had diminished capacity. The judge denied the motion, conceded that an appeals court could later find that um, point significant and consider it a reversible error. Mm. So basically, the judge is like, well. I'm not going to overturn it, but you might get some traction with another judge. Have at it. Wow. So. Like, here's a little glimmer of hope. (laughs) But I'm not going to do it for you. Sorry for your luck. Yeah. So, uh, after hearing all that information, what are your thoughts? Besides, (laughs) DDB crazy, poor gypsy. yeah yeah when i first heard about this case i was like oh my god what kind of parent would do that to their kid exactly and i think that's what a lot of people feel it's like a parent is supposed to love and care for their child nurture and protect you not use you as a a cash cow yeah make you sick and but obviously she had some mental issues as well yeah so she's not completely innocent in this and i remember during the one um uh documentary we were watching how the they would say that after when they were going through the house later mm-hmm. that they would find like different books like leukemia for dummies or something like that so she was like actually reading up on all of these quote unquote these illnesses that gypsy quote unquote had and that's how she was basically fooling the doctors and everyone around her and then gypsy had said in one of the interviews that um she was reading up on munchausen syndrome by proxy and her mother had had every single, like, 
condition or like check mark or whatever right like everything everything Everything. that would point you in the direction of her having Having. it yep so yeah it's just it's sad that after essentially being a prisoner with her mother Mm -hmm. that gypsy had to go to jail and spend time there but at the same time you can't condone murder no matter what's happening to you. No, of course not. And so she had to pay some sort of price. And at least she admitted to that. Yeah, and she's she's come to the point where she's like, you know, I'm taking responsibility and you know, yeah. I deserve to spend some time here. I don't necessarily think it should be quite as much, but I understand why it is. Yes. And that, you know, given an option, I wouldn't do it again. So, after hearing everything we had to say and whatnot, what do you say, our faithful listeners? Do you feel the punishments fit the crimes? Do you feel like justice was served in the event of Dee Dee being murdered? Or we do will you pose that question to you on our Spotify and you can answer it. Feel free to hit us on Twitter, Instagram at Twisted Minds Pod with your thoughts on this case. Mm-hmm. And we would love to read them. And we would like to also thank Wendy again for her suggestion. And we would love to hear other suggestions from our other listeners. As we move forward into our next series of podcasts yep speaking of our next podcast will be recording on 12 19 21 and it will be on todd kolhup also known as the amazon review killer oh man wait till you hear this one this guy's a piece of work oh yeah he is it's mm, mm. i was just jaw drop sometimes because i mean what at the same time it's like you know you should expect anything when you're covering true crime but the audacity on this guy oh my god audacity (laughs) for real anyway so this will drop around 12 19 or 12 20 and this is going to be the final episode in 2021 and of our official first season yes as as it will be the holidays and everything and we'll want to spend time with our family and friends we're going to take a few weeks off Mm -hmm. and to enjoy ourselves and give a little break and as of january 16th 2022 we're gonna bring the beginning of season two of truly twisted minds to you now if you have any suggestions for that launch episode for season two please leave a message for us at twitter or instagram Or if you are a listener that has us on Facebook, throw it there. It doesn't matter. Give it to us. (laughs) Let us know. Otherwise, we will figure out what our big open air for season two will be on our own, which will be sad. But we would love to hear what you think. Yes. So with that being said, thank you for listening. And we'll catch you in a couple weeks. And stay twisted, everyone. Later.